Hello, I'm your host, Grayson Brulte. Welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today, a show about emerging technology and trends in mobility with leaders, innovators, and strategists who make it all happen. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to be joined by Ellis Jones, Vice President and Chief Sustainability Officer of the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. On today's episode, we'll discuss the company's goal to build a better future by using renewable energy and sustainable materials. We hope you enjoy this episode. Ellis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Grayson. I appreciate it. And it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to share the Goodyear sustainability story. Really looking forward to our discussion. We're honored to have you here. We had Erin Spring on from Goodyear, and she did a wonderful job. And more importantly, Goodyear has a long track record of innovation. The company is constantly innovating, and now you're leaning into sustainability. You're taking a really innovative approach, which I'll call the Goodyear approach. You're doing it the good way, the right way. How is Goodyear approaching sustainability? That's a that's a great, great question. First, it's going to be tough to uh, keep up with Aaron, but I'll try to do my best here. But that's a great question. And it, and it is a very specific approach for our culture. And you mentioned the innovation in our culture. I call it an integrated approach to, to sustainability. You know, you often hear of these big ambitions that companies announce around climate, around materials, biodiversity. For Goodyear, it's always important to get everyone engaged in 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 the process and in the strategy. So it's not just, it's not Ellis's strategy. It won't be successful. It's just, you know, Ellis is the CSO and I own it alone and I'm driving it alone. So we've taken our time and been really deliberate on how we integrate this into our business. I have three pillars that I focus on as a CSO. I call it structure environment capability. And structure is all around systems and processes and how you build a foundation. So example, how do you determine what you work on? You need to do a materiality assessment and you need to get feedback from internal and external stakeholders. And they will say, here's what's important to us as a stakeholder and here's what we think will impact you as, a, as an organization. So that's one example of building this foundation where Ellis didn't decide what to work on. The stakeholders decided what to work on, including associates. So that's an critical pillar and there's a lot involved in building structure. The second pillar is environment, and environment is all about our culture. And how do you get the culture really enthused and excited about sustainability? So we really spent a lot of time educating our culture, and really, as I talked about that materiality assessment, understanding what's important to them, and really engaging the culture through our communication methods. Uh, we do town halls. Um, so really getting the culture engaged and taking their input. And then the third pillar is capability. And as you start to build this new muscle, you know, you have to build your associates capability to put a lens on to look at the business differently. You know, so example, if you're going to develop a tire, a designer has all these different characteristics he's thinking about, he or she's thinking about as they develop a tire. Now we have to add sustainability to it. And we have to really teach them to put this lens on. So those are, there's a lot involved in those three pillars, but those are just three examples of how we use structure environment capability to integrate sustainability into what we do as a business. The culture is, is very important. We've seen businesses thrive with a great culture. Businesses suffer with a, with a poor culture. Your culture is very strong. Your CEO has made very public statements around the strength of your culture. Is the Goodyear culture the backbone of Goodyear's better future strategy? It, it is. Uh, you know, I mentioned stakeholders and, and, and our associates, 
they are a stakeholder and they're a very important stakeholder. And, and so engaging our associates, getting their input, and then, as I mentioned before, getting them really enthused and excited and inspired about the, the sustainability strategy is important because the work, as I said, it's integrated into what we do as an organization. So it then stretches beyond my team. So I have to have the finance organization excited about non-financial data. You know, I have to have the materials organization excited about sourcing these new types of materials. You know, our, our procurement organization, as we're, as we're sourcing materials, they're at the front of, you know, human rights and, and ensuring that we have no human rights impacts, negative impacts in our supply chain. So all the different functions have to be engaged. They have to be inspired. And it needs to be the work that they do versus being something extra. And that's where that, I think that, that strong you know, history of our culture and how our culture really innovates for our company and carries our company forward, that's where you get, the, I think, the power of the culture. The power of the culture is what's going to allow you to succeed. And when you look at supply chains during the depths of COVID, we saw what happened. People couldn't get bounty. They couldn't get groceries. Now the pendulum swung to transparency. Well, wait a second. Some of the materials that are going into tires or going into buildings or going into cars, wait, this is not a healthy work environment. You've taken the approach very smartly, I'll say very, very smartly, to track raw material traceability. You're removing materials of concerns. You're going out of conflict zones. Did the culture bubble it, bubble that up to you and say, Mr. Jones, this is an issue that we need to look into? Or how did you take the initiative to look into that? You know, when you think about sustainability, and I think every company discovered this, when you start looking at the scope of sustainability, you look at the, um, the SDG goals, the 17 goals, there are a lot of things that we did already. And I think companies are finding that out. It, it's now, how do you talk about it? So when, when I think about our supplier code of conduct and what we held our suppliers to, we've always done that. Now, traceability is something new that, that many of us are, are trying to solve today because our supply chain is very complex. If I just look at natural rubber, there are millions of small, small farmers out there. And now how do you really trace the, the natural rubber that you purchase through all the different layers of your supply chain down to that small farmer. That's, that's complex, but we can, we can solve those problems. As, and as an industry, we need to solve that problem together. So we're working within the industry to really understand, you know, how do we work on our biggest material and, and really through technology, there's blockchain technology, there are apps that technology organizations are developing that you can put at the, at the very, you know, lowest level of your, your supply chain and start collecting the data. Um, so those things are occurring. So you have regulatory requirements where those things need to happen. So those drive us. I think when you look at the history of Goodyear, as you said, you know, we've always had this model of protect our good culture and protect our good name. So we've leveraged that. And then where the associates come in, because some of this, many associates may not have known we were doing. So as you start talking about it more, they want to hear about it more. And, and then they start asking you questions of, okay, what else can we do? So it's exciting to see as associates learn, you see their engagement and you see how they start to drive kind of what you do. It's fun because the associates can bubble up new ideas that you might not have thought about that you might be able to implement and have a really positive impact. When I look at 
track and trace and I and I do research on track and trace. I see some are doing steel, some are doing aluminum. You're in the rubber business today. Yes. Uh, is the tire industry coming together to get a, a standards that are recognized by the government or recognized by a regulatory body? It says, okay, this is how we're going to do all the transparency. Is it, are you all coming together to ensure transparency around rubber? Yeah, what, what we do there, you know, we have the tire industry project uh, where all the tire companies, all the major tire companies come together and, and talk about these issues as an industry. And, and I think that's one thing we're doing better at, as an industry is, is collaborating on those topics that, that impact all of us. But as an industry, there's no, you know, we all benefit from traceability. We all benefit from technology and the standards around traceability. I don't think anyone wants to go out and say, hey, you know, my product is better than yours because I can, you know, I can trace the supply of it. We, you know, we, we want to go down that path together. So we do come together uh, on many different topics and, and we determine as an industry, how do we get at this? How do we get at it as, as an industry? And how do we solve the problem as an industry and pull our thoughts together in, a, in an environment that's safe and, and solve some of these problems together. It's healthy in the automotive business, the one common denominator is you do not want to compete on safety. And what you're describing, you do not want to complete, uh, compete on transparency because it's good for everybody. It's not just good for, for one part of the industry. You're tracking rubber. Are there other materials that Goodyear is currently tracking to add transparency to your supply chain? We wanted to start with rubber because it's, it's, the, it's the biggest material. It's probably the most complex material. Um, so that's where our focus is. Our focus is on natural rubber, but we do it, you know, you'll notice in our corporate responsibility report, we have goals to stretch beyond natural rubber and get into other materials that, that we need to trace. So that's part of our ambition. We, we set those ambitions and we say, okay, where do we need to start? And, and then we have that longer term ambition to get into other materials within our supply chain. So you'll see that coming from us in the future. The ambition ties into your corporate culture of innovation. You're saying we're starting with the core. We're going to keep innovating. We're going to keep expanding. Since you put the track and trace in place for rubber, what benefits have you seen? Have you gotten feedback from your customers, from your industry peers? What sort of benefits have you seen? I think it is just learning more about our supply chain, you know, and, and understanding, you know, we've done a lot of work with small farmers. And man, it's, you know, when you can get out there and get down to the source of where your materials are coming from, you start learning and how they operate. You learn how to make them better as operators, um, which, which benefits everyone involved because if, if you're starting to trace it down to the small farmer, you start to, to understand a farmer's operation. You start to understand their challenges. How do they produce more? How do, how do they produce more sustainably as, as a farmer. You want that farmer to be around for a long time. So then, you know, you think about, you know, other thing, you know, in our, in our supplier code of conduct and in our, our policy around natural rubber is no deforestation. We don't want to, we don't want to source rubber from, air, from areas that is, is driving deforestation. So you start to learn about that. You start to learn the challenges that those small farmers are dealing with. You start to learn how to help them. And we've done things to help those small farmers get more productive on their farm where they, you know, if not saying it, but they don't have to worry about these other issues because they can be more productive as farmers. Um, so that's, I think the biggest thing for us is learning about that, 
that lowest level of our supply chain and really understanding how to help them be better at what they do. While you're learning, you're having, as you described, you're having a positive impact on them. Yes. They get to learn from you as well. And that's a, a win-win. I want to highlight in the Goodyear's 2021 corporate responsibility port, it was extremely well done. It wasn't corporate. It was well done. It had substance, great graphic design. And in there, you highlighted that tires have the potential, I repeat, potential to contribute the most to global warming to combat this. Goodyear's working on increasing the product lifetime. So you're helping the farmers. You're saying, okay, there is a potential situation here. We're going to work to solve that. How is Goodyear working to increase the lifetime of the tires? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It's a great point. I, I you know I think as we think about tires, and you know I always joke, no one you you probably don't wake up in the morning Saturday morning and say, hey, I'm ready to go out and buy tires today. You know, <laughs> but they you know look, tires are very. Some people do. Some people are excited. I'm excited yep. about tires. So, um, <laughs> but tires have have you know a great impact. You know, and when you think about what has impact on that road, it's those four tires, and it's a very small footprint on the road. But if you think about the the longevity of a tire, you know, and how how long does that tire last? There's been a lot of technology over the years improving the life of the tire. And how do we get more life out of that tire? We're doing a lot of work around rolling resistance. You know, for those who don't understand rolling resistance, there's compound, you know, kind of there's chemistry that you can put into a tire to improve the rolling resistance. There's also behaviors as drivers that help us improve rolling resistance. So we wanna improve the rolling resistance of that tire to improve the fuel efficiency of your car. And we have to educate you know, our consumers about how they can control it and, and improve it and how we can improve it through the technology in a tire. So a lot of work around tread life, getting more life and getting more miles out of that tire. A lot of work around rolling resistance and improving the fuel efficiency of that tire which really comes into play as EVs, more EVs start to hit the road and autonomous vehicles start to hit the road. And the technology in that tire is so critical to the new technology and mobility that's starting to emerge. Would one example of those tires for EVs be the electric drive 20 GT tires? Yes. So when you think about, people always ask us, what's gonna be different with tires as you get EVs and AVs? Well, you think about that EV, it's a heavier car. You know, the battery, it's a heavy, you know, a heavier car. So if you just, you know, not, not that, you know, every, you have some the same tires on EVs as you have on uh, combustible engines, but we're starting to learn how to develop tires that last longer under that, that weight of that vehicle. Tires that have better rolling resistance because the weight can impact the rolling resistance we want to design a tire that can perform under the weight of that vehicle. So tread life, you know, to give you a longer lasting tire, uh, improving rolling resistance to, to help with now that not, not fuel efficiency, but now battery life. Uh, it improves battery life in terms of how much, how much mileage you get out of that one charge. Uh, so those are very important as, as EVs and then AVs start to hit the road. As they, they hit the road and looking at the future, will tires be designed for specific makes and models of vehicles to ensure the max amount of safety performance? Perhaps this EV class weighs more than this EV class, so you might design a different tire, or this EV 
for example, is designed to go a million miles. We designed a tire that's going to be swapped. I'm just going to use a number every 100,000 miles based on performance. Are you looking at all those nuances? You, you, you have to. And, and, and you know, it will be difficult to design a tire for every, you know, every make and model of vehicle. But you do start to look at the types of vehicles, what's changing in the vehicles, and how do you design, design for that change that's occurring in that vehicle. Um, so, you know, look, you're, you know, if you look at five SUVs, you use the same tire. But we do start to look at the characteristics of those vehicles being designed. And then how do we improve, you know, our technology to help that, that vehicle be as efficient as that, as that driver needs it to be? You know, you think about it, when you get an EV, it's so, you know, one of the things, you know, going back to the EV tire, now the noise of the engine is, has gone away. And what do you hear now as a, as a driver saying, what's that noise? We don't want it to be the tire. <laughs> so, so now how do we design a tire that's quiet, quieter, and you don't hear that noise? And so those are some of the things we have to think about as, again, EVs and, and AVs um, start, start to hit the road. AVs, that's another one that's, that's, for us, we see opportunity there as we think about the connected tire and the data that we're going to get the fleets and data we need to get to you if you're driving an autonomous vehicle, how can we get more data to help you with, you're not driving AV, but you may be sitting in the back of an AV, but uh, how do we get more data to the owner, to the fleet operation, to the owner, to help them manage that tire? Uh, and, and that data is going to be very critical to understand, you know, there's no longer a driver feeling the impact that a road. The tire now must tell you what's going on with road conditions. It must tell you, how's your, how's your inflation rate on your tires? Are you entering into a snowy area, an icy area? How's that gonna impact the operation of the vehicle? Um, does it need to slow down? So there's so, there so much technology that you can get from a tire. Uh, and and that's, that's some of the, I think, the, what you'll see from tires in the future. It's that connected tire, it's that smart tire, and, and using that data to help fleets and help individuals as they operate autonomous vehicles. I'm very thankful you brought that up. I was recently at CES and I was talking to um, a gentleman who runs one of the largest fleets in America for, for trucks and he's looking into autonomous trucks. And we're there with an AV developer and we we're talking about what happens with the tire blowout? How is the system going to know that the, the tire blowout, it's a common occurrence that happens on class A trucks around the globe for a matter of fact. What you're describing, we could put a sensor in that Class 8 tire where it could, it could note to dispatch or note to the company, hey, there was a tire blowout or, oh, wait a second, we're going into this condition and, and then we're losing traction, might want to pull the truck over for safety reasons to send out a, a dispatcher to see what's going on? That is exactly what we want to do. That, you know, As you said, the worst thing that can happen for our autonomous fleet is a vehicle goes down. Any fleet, the worst thing that can happen is your vehicle goes down for any reason you don't want to go down for a tire issue. Uh, so what we hope to do is, is, is be able to get enough data where there's a warning that says, you, you're, a, you know, you're about to have, this tire's about to fail. You know, so you want to be able to perform that maintenance on that tire or replace that tire before it fails. So if we can get you know, the data, the type of road conditions that this tire has been under, and maybe there's an early warning that says, look, there's, there's been a lot of adverse road conditions that your tires have been under. Hey, maybe maybe you should maybe it's time to if it's a if it's a large fleet 
Maybe it's time to retread the tire. Maybe it's time to replace the tire. So it's getting enough data. Definitely, as the tire fails, you can send that warning quickly. But before the tire fails, man, that would be the ultimate goal of a connected tire. You can make the point that Goodyear's connected tires are mission critical to the safe operations of the vehicle or that truck. That, that's exactly right. That's what you want. You want that, that fleet to say, man, my tires, that, it's critical. And fleets do this today. T tires are very, it's a critical component for fleets today. As I say, you don't want your fleets to go down, uh, whether it's autonomous or whether someone's driving that fleet. So it's important today. But again, it's even, it becomes even more important when there's not a driver in that vehicle. Then that driver, you know, that driver becomes, you know, you become an expert in understanding road conditions, understanding, you know, the feedback they're, that they're getting from their tires. Now that connected tire has to be that driver and give that feedback to that fleet. So it becomes more important. Well, I'll give you a term, becomes the new driver, essentially, because yeah. <laughs> without tires, you're not going you from go. point A to point B. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It, it is, it's where mobility is going, and, and tires, you know, tires are going to play an important role in that. Yeah, and they, they have historically, and, they, and they, they play for the last 100 years, and they'll play it for the, the next 100 years. Getting back to sustainability, your customers, the, the large fleet owners, they're under pressure They're on, for sustainability to reduce carbon emissions on their routes. As we mentioned, the potential the tires could have on global warming. Are you working with your partners, your fleet owners, your AVs, your EVs to develop tires that are made from sustainable materials? And so you can go say, Goodyear's made you a sustainable tire? Yes, that is, that is so important for us. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a, that's a big, bold ambition for us. If you, if you notice, our, our goal, our ambition by 2030 is to, is to develop a, uh, a sustainable material tire and a maintenance-free tire. And, and, and that's, a, that's a big goal for us. We recently announced you know, a 90% demo tire. So we, we released that last week at the, at the CES show. And you know, our chairman has said, look, we're gonna sell a sustainable material tire by the end of this year with up to 70% sustainable materials. You know, so it is a big goal for us. It's an important one for us. You talk about getting associates excited. Our teams are excited about that, that ambition. They're excited about all of our ambitions, but that one really resonates through the organization and the team working on that. I mean, look, it's a team of associates and they are, man, you talk about an engaged team, you know, a highly effective team. They, they are working towards that goal and it's exciting to see. So that is something that a lot of fleets are interested in. I think consumers are interested in it. Um, our OEMs are interested in it. So a lot of energy around that ambition. What will a sustainable material tire be made of? Oh, there's, you know, it, it, this is, it's fun to see the materials come about. So, you know, people think natural, natural rubber, Alice, it's, that's a sustainable material. But, but what you have to, we talked about it earlier, natural rubber, you have to source it in a sustainable way. You know, so no human rights violations, no deforestation. You, you want to make sure you do that. Carbon black. So different types of carbon black. As, as you know, many of our, our materials are, are um, you know, kind of come from, you know, fuel. So we want to make sure we, we get different forms of carbon black. Silica. Rice husk ash silica. Say that real fast. Uh, so <laughs> silica from rice husk. Um, so, you know, it, you know, which is a waste 
So, you know, there's two things we're doing. You're eliminating the waste because it's a byproduct of rust, of, of rice. And now we're, we're, we're developing silica from that rice husk to put into our materials. There's, re, there's, there's recycled plastics that we're using for fabrics and nylons. There's so many different materials. But the, I tell you, the fun thing about it is the different technologies that are emerging through different suppliers. We get calls all the time from different suppliers who say, you know, I think I have this type of material that you can use. So the collaboration that's occurring, it's fun to watch because when I think about sustainability, I think about opportunities. And, and sustainable materials it's starting to drive opportunities within our supply chain of new suppliers and current suppliers. And I'm going to go on a limb here with a smile on my face. I'm sure your lab team's having a lot of fun. <laughs> they are. They really are. You know, when we think about sustainable materials, you know, and we get people often say, well, how fast can I get to tire? Can I get to tire tomorrow? And, and that's why it was fun to see our, our CEO announce we're going to sell the tire. But the thing that we have to do, and this is where, you know, we really make sure people understand it's the chemistry is so important. You know, and, and, and tires, we, we know how important it is to safety. So the chemistry in that tire is so critical. It must perform under all types of conditions. So as we look at these new materials, we have to get the chemistry right. And we, we don't, we, you know, the best case scenario is that it performs better. I mentioned soybean oil, performs better. We don't want it to, to perform worse. We want it to perform, to perform the same or better in all types of conditions. But then the other is the supply chain and developing a new supply chain for these materials. So there's work to do and on the chemistry side and on the supply chain side to develop the supply chain for these new materials. So it takes time, but it's coming together and, and it's starting to really build some momentum. It's building momentum. You're, you're making it happen. So the tire, the sustainable tires by 2030 and then by 2040, Goodyear's committed to only using renewable energy. You're setting very, very ambitious goals. Yes, very important for us. So we think about our climate strategy. You know, we have a science-based climate strategy or ambition that we announced last year for 2050 net zero. 2030, we have an interim goal in 2030 of about a 46% reduction in our, in our, um, in our emissions. So an important, important element of that is renewable energy. So by 2040, we will be 100% renewable energy in our footprint. Our European operation has already gotten there in their footprint. So it was a big win for our, our operation. So, and, and that's involving, you know, and in that science-based target, and if you're, you know, for the listeners who, who understand science-based target, if you do a science-based target, you can't just go out and buy offsets. Uh, you can't just, okay, I'm just going to buy offsets and I'm done. Offsets, and if you read our ambition, uh, we're saving that for the last 10% of our ambition or our goal. Hopefully, we won't need to do it. Um, so we're looking at, you know, we're looking at on-site generation. We're looking at purchase power agreements through suppliers. So we're looking at opportunities to, to improve the infrastructure and then tap into that infrastructure, whether it's on-site or off-site. And we're, we're sourcing that renewable energy. But that's a big goal for us. And I'll tell you, the team is really excited about that. And I'll we went from about 3% two years ago of renewable energy 
and our footprint, we're at 35% now. Um, so really accelerated. And I think we're going to continue to see that acceleration uh, over the next several years. 32% acceleration in two years? Yes. 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 That was, again, and this is the power of integration. When it's owned by Ellis, you know, Ellis is trying to get it, you're trying to convince people to do that. But when the organization says this is the right thing to do, then your functions start to own it. So when we look at our climate strategy, it's, it's sponsored by our chairman, our CEO. And then I lead the team, but engineering is, is, a, is a member of the team. And they, they are actually driving the renewable energy strategy. Procurement is on the team. So they'll drive a lot of the scope three missions through our suppliers. Logistics, they'll drive it through our, our logistics carriers. Accounting, accounting's on the team because we have to account for it differently. And as we enter these agreements, uh, how do we enter these agreements and how do we invest in infrastructure? So we have all these different functions now driving the strategy. And that's how you get the acceleration from 3 to 3% to 35%. You have the integration in your company. You have the experience. You've worked in the finance department. You, you worked in manufacturing. And you have this really good understanding of the wonderful culture that is Goodyear. And it's a team effort. Has your broad experience inside of Goodyear influenced the way that you're approaching sustainability? Yes, it has. I, I talked about that three-pronged approach, and that was very important. You know, I've, I've been in Goodyear for 33 years, and as you said, a lot of different experience, finance, operations, you know, different business units. And so I understand how Goodyear works, and I understand it works better when it's a collective group driving it, and you get a buy-in from the team. So in Goodyear, you have to influence. You know, look, our, our CEO has to influence. Uh, my boss, the CTO, he has to influence. So, you know, yes, there are top-down goals that you can drive through your organization. But as you deploy those goals down through the organization and align the organization, you have to, to help people understand what their input needs to be, how they influence and drive this goal. And, and as I said, how do they now put the lens on you, build that capability? So understanding the organization understanding how you influence our organization has been very critical for me and my team and being successful in developing the strategy and then in, and, and then executing a sustainable strategy. It's very important that you execute a sustainable strategy because organizations now are being judged on sustainability. It's, it's, it's a metric out there in public filings. It's a metric that investors are looking for for ESG. How do you see the sustainability evolving as a metric of corporate success in the future? Yeah, I think it's going to be very important. And the way we think about it is, because as I said before, if it's something extra, it's hard to get the organization to go because there's so much to do. And so that integration, and, and so the way we talk about it is, because a long time we talked about the sustainability strategy versus a business strategy. And now we're talking about a sustainable business strategy. And, you know, so it becomes, it becomes the work. You know, I never get my, my CFO as we were talking about our climate strategy and we were talking about measuring, you know, the, the, the indicators for our climate strategy. And he said, Ellis, you know, you know, and we were doing some work and influencing the organization. And he said, Ellis, this is the work. This is the work we do now. It, this, not, this isn't extra. So the team 
has to understand and we have to let the team know that this now becomes the work. So now these measures, they used to be sustainability measures. Now they're just measures within a function and you roll it up with your business metrics and they become your business metrics. Um, so you have to choose which are the right ones. Uh, but these non-financial metrics, they just become part of your business metric. And then as a company, you define what a sustainable business model is for your business. And you start measuring towards that goal of a sustainable business model. I like the term sustainable business strategy. I haven't heard that a lot. Well done on that. Oh, thank you. You're very, very welcome. As we look into the future, what is the future sustainability at Goodyear? Do you continue to, to evolve, move things towards lower carbon, integrate it deeper into the business operations? Because right now you're firing on all cylinders on the culture. So I'm really curious of how it's going to work. It is. It's, you know, we, we actually, again, we're, we're very intentional how we go about these things. So we, we actually have a maturity model that we, we measure. We measure our progress on this, on this continuum of maturity. And the way I explain it is, the way the model's set up is there's, there's that very low maturity level of, hey, there's this hero in your organization really driving it. And that would be me as the hero. And you, as this integration occurs, you start to, to, to get a functional integration where now your functions are leading it. And then the, the, the step I'm describing is a business integration where your business model starts to change. You start to, a perfect example is a sustainable material tire. Uh, you may have, this is the way it works. You may have the technology organization developing a demo tire. That's great functional integration. But now the business has to take it and say, how do I sell it? So we are in that business, we're moving towards that business integration phase where it does become a part of our business and now becomes a sustainable business model. So that's where, that's where, that's what's next for Goodyear. The ultimate level is your brand is known as a sustainable brand. That's a big decision for any company. I'd describe a Patagonia as a brand. When you think Patagonia, you think it's sustainability. It's a big decision for a company. Not all companies want to be there. Not all companies need to be there. We want to get to that business integration, you know, where our products and our services, and you're starting to we talked about some of that with connected tire, sustainable material tire, and then you make the decision if you want to go to that ultimate level. Uh, but I want to see that business integration because that's where you really start taking, taking advantage of opportunities and you start to give back as a business. At the end of the day, it comes down to brand. You mentioned Patagonia. From the early days before sustainability was cool, Patagonia was promoting it and doing really great things for the environment. You can make an argument that they're one of the greatest sustainable brands of all time for all the work that they've given back. The Goodyear brand stands for quality, success, and the world's best tires. And now, Ellis, with your work, it's going to stand for the best sustainable tire company because all roads lead to Akron and those roads are going to be sustainable That's right. in the future. <laughs> That's right. Ellis, as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation... What would you like our listeners listeners to take away with them today? Look, we, we've talked about a lot, but I, I think the thing that, that sticks out, and, and you mentioned it in terms of the role that tires have played in mobility. And, and, and again, as I said, a lot of people, you know, man, that, that tire, it may not, you know, may not wake up excited about the tire, but the role that the tire will play in the future of mobility will be even greater. 
Uh, I may take your tagline, if the tire becomes the new driver. I don't know. That's, <laughs> but it, it is, I think people need to understand that, that that tire will play a bigger role in mobility, in the future of mobility. And, and, and then for Goodyear, we want to be a part of that. And, you know, we want to be a part of that. We, we want to really impact the future of mobility and help people think about their driving experience and their mobility experience. We want to be a part of that, and we're making significant strides towards that. Goodyear's building on their 100-plus-year history of innovation because Goodyear is ushering in the future of sustainable mobility. Today is tomorrow, tomorrow is today, and the future is, and has always been, Goodyear. Ellis, thank you so much for coming on SAE Tomorrow Today. Oh, Thank you. I really appreciate the conversation and, and looking forward to connecting in the future. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, Please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week as we speak with Gavin P. Brown, Executive Director of the Michigan Aerospace Manufacturers Association. He'll discuss the Michigan Launch Initiative, which aims to make Michigan the epicenter of a new space ecosystem. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.